Tyler Hero has been on an absolute tear lately, almost certainly a lock to win six man of the year award, but can he be considered a superstar? We'll debate Tyler's qualifications, then go through a 2019 NBA redraft before looking ahead to Wednesday's big game against the Phoenix Suns. This is the episode that might finally tear the podcast apart, so keep it right here on Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Wednesday edition of Locked on Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening or watching on YouTube Odyssey or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today, Prize Picks. Is daily fantasy made easy? A big week continues for your Miami Heat, and we'll be previewing tonight's matchup versus the Phoenix Suns. Although they're somewhat undermanned, it should still be a very good game. Both Wes and I will be at FDX Arena bringing you all the coverage that you deserve. And we'll also look ahead to potential playoff seeding and whether or not Miami might have an ideal matchup in the first few rounds of the playoffs before they continue on their run to the NBA Finals. But we'll start off today's show with a question you brought up to me, Wes, which was an interesting one, because I don't think we're seeing a lot of people asking this question outside of Heat Nation, but mm-hmm. can Tyler Hero be considered a star? Because even today, I'm seeing a, a big swath of <laughs> Twitter discourse regarding whether or not Tyler should even be considered the sixth man of the year winner, like because his minutes numbers are too high, disregarding completely the fact that every other <laughs> sixth man of the year winner Plays over 30 minutes per game. Yeah. I, I just, the discourse is ridiculous, but yeah. as far as superstardom, that's kind of harder to qualify there. So, what was it that led to this decision well, making from you? Like, what was not. it that you want to talk about Tyler's star status? Well, exactly what you're talking about because it is so hard to quantify. And first of all, before we get out of the, the six man of the year, is that really a, like the minutes? Like, that's not the rules. The rules are the rules. And it's very easy to quantify what the rules are. If you play more than 50% of your games coming off the bench, you're eligible for six man of the year. And under those qualifications, Tyler Hero is the best player that meets those categories. So, of course, he's six man of the year. Enough with that. Um, as far as whether or not he is a star. And I almost texted you. I was like, "Can we? should we talk about whether or not he's a superstar? He's not a superstar. LeBron is a superstar. Steph Curry is a superstar. Giannis is a superstar. I don't know... That I don't know if how how close is Tyler Hero to getting to star level? Does it matter that he doesn't start? Because I don't really think a lot of people know that he doesn't start. Because I think for a star player, now you're starting to reach the casual fans. And he's been in Jack Harlow music videos. He's got star qualities about him. And like I know we joke around about the Jack Harlow stuff, but Jack Harlow is like one of the biggest names in hip hop right now. Like that, and and Tyler Hero is the name of one of his songs, and it's one of his biggest songs. Uh, it's, it's one of his top stream songs on Spotify and all like that stuff. We joke about it, but it matters, right? When we talk right. about the star conversation and just, uh, and sort of a player's Q rating. And so in those cases, you would feel like Tyler hero would be a star, right? Even if he was maybe undeserving. And I think that was sort of the conversation coming out of the bubble was like, all right, cool. Like you had some nice moments, but you, you haven't really proven anything and you, and your team didn't win the final. So, uh, but now I think after last year's slump and, and the heat, kind of being under the radar all season long, I kind of feel like for some reason that Q rating has gone down. 
I don't yeah. think Tyler Hero is a star. I think he's yeah. capable of being a star. I don't think it has anything to do with his talent or his performance on the court. I just don't think he's getting that star treatment. And there's a few things that we could talk about, David, but um, I guess I'll just throw it to you. Is I think you would agree with me. But why do you think yes. that is? Uh, I, I think it's mostly the playoff uh, experience. Uh, you know, it's it's been off-quoted. Against Milwaukee. Forget. Uh, that, I think that's part of it. I think the bubble... The bubble was not just – it was a metaphor in the fact that I think it was for the insular basketball fan. Like people yeah. who eat, breathe, and, and work in the realm of basketball as you and I mm. do, the the bubble was a, a glorious experience, especially in context of like the difficulties around us were, you know, regarding social justice movements, uh, the, the start of the pandemic, et cetera. There was so much going outside of our lives that was such a, a pressure-filled situation for us, not to go all John Karate here – but the bubble was like such a great release to see really, really good basketball being played at its purest form. And Tyler thrived under those circumstances, advancing all the way to the NBA Finals. Last year, he gets swept, pretty much disregarded. Uh, also, yeah. last year, the, the season itself was such a strange one with so yeah. many players missing time, Tyler himself missing some time. And it's kind of hard. And it was a little underwhelming. And look, I'll be mm -hmm. honest with you. I feel like a lot of local media outlets contributed to the view that Tyler was underwhelming as a sophomore, which I totally disregard and don't agree with. He just didn't take the star leap that many people expected he might be capable of in his second season. But here we are in season three, and I keep thinking about something Walt Frazier told me, and again, this is what I was getting at before, off-quoted, you know, the, the, the regular season's where you make your name, but the playoffs is where you make your fame. And Tyler just hasn't had that experience yet during a relatively normal season yeah. of being able to carry his team or be the player that a lot of people go, Hey, that's how hero is a lot of fun. Like at FDX arena, no player gets the fans more excited than Tyler Hero. not mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler, not Bam at a bio, not a block by anybody, not even, a, a, you know, another team's players. Tyler hero is the one with every fan lives and dies by every shot. They, they just absolutely love that kid. Yeah. Uh, There's an end to pace into his game, but I'm glad you bring up the FTX arena stuff because like Tyler Hero's best moments came in front of no fans. Yeah. It was on it was on television during the lowest the lowest rated playoffs the NBA's had in a very long time without fans in the arena, right? That kind that matters, right? When you're not playing Absolutely. in front of 18 to 20,000 fans every single uh playoff game and yeah, I mean I think that's certainly part of it is it just it doesn't make as loud of a noise. It makes a noise but not as loud of a noise and it doesn't reverberate the way that you need it to reverberate in order to kind of take that leap to stardom. Now, again, Tyler Hero doesn't start. He averages 20 points per game. He doesn't really have high flying dunks. He's not really shooting logo threes and stuff the way that guys like Trey Young and Damian Lillard, obviously. I, I, Steph I'd are argue doing. that Trey Young isn't even a star, right? Like, I, I don't think he's closer to Tyler. Him. He's closer than Tyler is, but I think I would agree with you. I don't think that, um, I, I think that there are, People who kind of – do I walk a, 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 by like a, a basketball court outside or something, somebody playing pickup, and do I hear them debating Tyler Hero as much as I might hear somebody debating Trey Young? No, I don't. Even oh, LaMelo Ball in that instance is, is sort of a bigger star that's, that's than, than Tyler that's, Hero. That's, yeah, that's, that but, is an aberration. I think. It, uh, but he's flashy, and I think Tyler Hero does have some of that pizzazz and that sizzle to his game, and I think we've seen instances of it. But I've got I've got a few stats here because you mentioned it's so hard to quantify, and I tried to find something to quantify it. And House of Highlights, the Instagram and Twitter account, social media account, is sort of the preeminent uh, uh, voice uh, platform of basketball highlights. So much that it got bought out by Turner, 
which mm -hmm. is in partner, uh, 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 the, the, the majority partner of the NBA. So right. House of Highlights, I, I would say, is, again, the preeminent platform for basketball highlights. Do you know the last time Tyler Hero had a highlight posted, the House of Highlights account? 2019? <laughs> Not quite. But uh, November 17th. What was it? It was that weird lob to Bam against the Pelicans that ended up going in. Oh, so a mistake then. Like, yeah. not even, <laughs> that yeah, was it. Not even like a play that was actually a game changer. Or anything. I will Kinda say, like a, oops. The, and that, that's not completely fair. He actually did have one on January 6th. It was when he fought uh, Nurkic on Portland, Yusuf Nurkic, oh, and then got ejected. Right. So right. not even for something that he did. And even before that, on January 2nd, it was all his his clip of uh, truck truck sticking De'Aaron Fox at midcourt by accident and getting a foul call for it and him arguing that foul call also got posted. So other than two foul calls and an ejection, the last actual highlight he had was November seventeenth. And to your point, that wasn't even like the coolest thing he's done this year. It was just sort of this accident. It was kind of it was neat. I was there in person when it happened. I was very confused by it because right. I didn't see it go in the net because it was weird. <laughs> but uh, that was the last time. The before uh, between now. And that other and, and that January sixth ejection against Nurkic, somebody like John Morant, I counted twenty three highlights posted since the last time Tyler Hero was even mentioned on House of Highlights, and that was for an ejection. So it's he's not getting that shine, and now you could throw that to national TV and the he, getting yanked. And what would know, it, I think what would it take? Let's shift the conversation a little. Let's yeah. shift a little conversation here. What what would it take? For Tyler to get that recognition, because I'm just, know. you know, he'd have to have 50 point games a lot. John Morant, I think we'd also have to have highlight level dunks, which that's not going to happen. And I don't think the 50 point game is going to happen. Although well, I thought, I thought last the... night's last night's buzzer beater from the logo, like that was that was worthy of a highlight. I mean, based yeah, on but it does feel like more like accidental too, right? Like you you, you kind of throw it up there, like you saw that shot by Brandon Ingram where there was like three quarters of the lengths of the court and kind of just that was on casually. Yeah, I, I I totally get it, but so, it was also a mistake, right? No yeah. one's saying, "Oh, Brandon Ingram, superstar!" After that shot, you know. This I have is... I have the answer for you: a game oh. winner. <laughs> You've got it winner. all of a sudden, huh? No, it, it's a game winner. He needs a, a, a game, game winner in the playoffs. Play. A, a game, game winner, winner in even in the regular season, I think, would do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the House of Highlights. It wouldn't make him a star, but just to get posted to this account, just oh. a, a fourth quarter buzzer beater. That's what sure. it would take, I think, for him to even get on this platform at this point, because he's. He's had several dunks. He's actually one of the leaders on the Heat in dunks yeah. this season. It's not like he right. doesn't dunk it. It's not like he doesn't have cool, flashy moves. Um, he's just not getting posted on this account for some reason. I don't mean to single out House of Highlights. I was just trying, again, to find some sort They're of way trash. to quantify this. They're trash but according to Wes Goldberg. <laughs> I actually really like that account. But yeah. it's, uh, it's one of those things where it, it's just very clear that the Miami Heat in general are being overlooked, and Tyler Hero is sort of uh, being hurt by that right and so I, I think it's all sort of part of the same thing that yeah. we've been talking about all year long is how the heat are not part of the national conversation in the way we think they ought to be now there's also a, that uh, a debate that was spurred last week uh regarding mike trout major league baseball player yeah. versus you know tyler hero and yeah. his, there's follower accounts on, on on instagram or twitter i don't even know which uh, social media platform there and there's you know, different things there. I think baseball is somewhat milk toast. It's marketed poorly. It's also yep. for older generation of fans. Uh, it's not as diverse as basketball is. And I think that's a big part of it too. And, and look, Tyler, Tyler's flashier. I mean, he's just cooler as a person, I think, than M Mike Trout. Not, I don't know Mike Trout personally, 
But at the same time, I just yeah. think the way that they're, they use social media, I think, appeals to people who follow each athlete. That, that's that's more of a baseball problem. I understand that people are upset that Mike Trout doesn't have nearly the amount of followers. Like, Tyler Hero has, like, twice as many followers as Mike Trout. Mike Trout, like, statistically might be the ba- greatest baseball player ever. Yeah, um, that's, 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 that's more of a baseball problem than it is yeah. a problem like that, that Tyler Hero has anything to do with. You just look at, like, the Instagram account of Major League Baseball, 8.2 million followers. Compared to the NBA, has sixty five million followers. It's also so you, global. It's also that's global, exactly, right? yeah. And so, if you just take a proportion of the MLB followers versus the NBA followers, you just have more NBA people on social media following the the accounts of the leagues, the teams, and the players. So, right. I don't think that that matters at all. And that's again, if we want to go really macro on this, it's like, all right, is social media really the kind of conversation we're having in real life, or is it just the conversation we're having online? And I think more and more. It's sort of just the conversation we're having online because I do think if you walked into any sports bar in America and or maybe not in America, it, it depends. Like if you went Anaheim versus Florida, obviously that would be different. Let's say you just went to a sports bar in Sioux Falls. Uh, hmm. Well, then the, the G League affiliates there, Memphis, uh, it, it, Ohio. How many if you and you polled everybody who is Mike Trout, who is Tyler Hero? I think more people would know the name Mike Trout than they would Tyler Hero, even if they can't really put a face to the name, which I'm not even sure what Mike Trout looks like. He needs I, – I do. Uh, pretty pretty standard and white. Uh, <laughs> Tyler <laughs> needs to be on TV commercials, and I think that'll happen if he has the continued success that we expect yeah. him to in the NBA playoffs. If Miami goes yeah. on a really deep playoff run, like at the finals, and he hits even a buzzer beater, not necessarily even a game winner, I think people will go, hell, hell, this kid's 22 years old putting up 30-point games pretty regularly. Why aren't we talking about him? And I think that's the next step. Then all of a sudden somebody says, oh, you know what? Here he is. He's marketable. He's popular. He's already been uh, named in a very popular song. Why not continue to build off yeah. that success? The Trey Young already- Yeah. And right? look, he, I, yeah. Yeah. No. I, and look, people argued last year that that was, you know, something the Heat organization didn't want. But you know what? They don't mind Jimmy Butler going on Miller Live commercials. Uh, Miller Lite commercials. I, I don't think there's really a problem. No, and even even the Heat in today's or like the Heat as militaristic and, and controlling as they are over the messaging of that of that organization, um, they can't stop a star player from getting endorsements. Not not in today's day and age. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. I think that's really well said. I think we're kind of having this kind of question debate, whatever about how to how is it that Tyler Hero is a star? Why isn't he a star? But I think you're 100 percent right, David. I just think if he does what he's doing in the regular season in the playoffs. He will be more. He will be closer to becoming the household name that he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, at that point, again, it's the Trey Young path. But in the instance of Miami versus Atlanta, you assume that the Heat would be better next year than than the Hawks were this year, coming off of what was more of a surprising playoff run to the Eastern Conference Finals last yeah. year. Uh, if the Heat can sort of sustain that success, then that would just buoy Tyler Hero's uh, chances of sort of becoming that star player that we think he's capable of being. So now that we've sort of resolved that question, where would Tyler be selected if the 2019 NBA draft took place today? I know that's somewhat tricky from a a time-space perspective, but we'll debate that in the next segment before looking ahead to Wednesday's big matchup versus the Phoenix Suns. But first, just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, Daily Fantasy Made Easy. And easy is really what they're all about. As fantasy props and pickups get more popular, PrizePix is making it easy for you to play. They do that with the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, offering more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. Price Picks offers any prop that you can think of from point scores 
to rebounds and even steals. And check out the Prize Picks Power Play. Here's how it works: you predict the over/under on a player's fantasy production, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected fantasy totals. Prize Picks even allows mixed sports entries. Uh, for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. They get fifty dollars for free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores even a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer just available for Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for $50 for free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, do it all using the award-winning app on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. David, I thought we would do something a little bit different today. Yep. Um, we were talking about Tyler Hero and it, and it got me thinking and, now, if you tune into ESPN and stuff like that, they're having this conversation. Should the Pelicans have taken John Morant over Zion mm-hmm. Williamson in 2019 because of everything that's happened with Zion and New Orleans and all that stuff? Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and again, I started like, well, that 2019 draft, when you really step back, pretty loaded. You know, mm-hmm. guys like Darius Garland went to the All-Star game this year. Um, okay. R.J. Barrett just hung almost 50 points on, on Miami the other day. It's a pretty loaded draft class with guys who are playing significant roles for really good teams. What if we were to redraft the 2019 draft? Because now we're in year three of this thing. Um, that's typically when these players take their leaps. You kind of know what it is that they are at the NBA level. And so I thought we would do that here on the heels of that Tyler Hero conversation. So let's just get right into it. The first pick in that draft was obviously Zion Williamson. I would take John Morant with the first pick. I, I think I, that's a no-brainer, yeah. It is, right? Okay, so I, I, I was wondering at what point that became like sort of a debate Based on everything, even if Zion comes back and he's exactly what he was at the end of last year, which was John might already be better. Yeah, John might already be better. Exactly. And you don't really like Zion, if he comes back, am I convinced that the health issues won't become an issue later on? No. Uh, But number two, who would you take at number two in this draft? I'd still, I still lean towards seeing how NBA franchise make these picks. I think Zion Williamson still has the name recognition, still has the talent that's tantalizing enough, and they'd still take a chance despite the injuries, yeah. despite the weight issues, despite everything else that comes with it, despite even the potential for a departure and free agency at some point down the road, et cetera. I think most teams still take jo- – I'm sorry, they most would take Zion Williamson yeah. there. Like you have a proven commodity, uh, unfortunately, John Morant, but also you, know, you have the tantalizing potential – of Zion, yeah. and I think you'd still take him second over. And to some so degree, a, a proven commodity. Like when he's on the court, we know that he's dominant. We know that he puts up numbers by the basket that, you know, Prime Shaq was putting up, right? I mean, the, let's not forget the conversation we were having about Zion Williamson at the end of last season. I'm with you. I would still take Zion number two. And I'm, it was, yeah. I kind of hashed it out, but it didn't really take me long to, to land there. I would still take Zion number two because here's where the debate you know, starts for me here. I think I'm uh, moving on from jaw. I thought and this Zion. was pretty easy. Okay. So who did you have oh. at number three? Oh, uh, I, I thought most teams would take Darius Garland. Who would you take? You would take Darius Garland too. I, I would probably lean Tyler just at three because of the, yeah, 
because of the closest of having watched him and seeing what his potential is. And again, knowing the work ethic that he's put in and everything else, which is why I discounted all the negativity about Tyler last season, because knowing what he does off the court, you can really see that there is a star in the making to some degree, you know, regardless of how you define it or how soon he'll reach it, that potential is there and he'll, he will reach it at some point. It's just whether he does it in year four or year seven, I think at some point he will be an all-star uh, Darius, however, already an all-star. So that's why I yeah. think teams outside of Miami would probably be more interested in selecting a player like that. And he's already proven that he can carry a team and a team that's already showing playoff potential too. Uh, you know, this is his third season. So already, uh, you know, proving that he can be the, the leader of a team as well. So I, I think that's a big thing too, that uh, people don't know yeah, about I, Tyler, whether or not he's your star player, whether or not he's your, your number one go-to option, things of that sort. That's why Eileen Garland, number three, uh, 20.6 points per game, awesome splits, 48% shooting, 38% from three-point range on seven attempts a game, 8.1 assists a game. His turnovers are relatively low. Uh, yeah. He's he's a he's baller, flashy. man. He's fun. Yeah, he is. And we'll he's, see he's him fun. on Friday. He's flashy, yeah. but he's efficient, too. And we're going to see him on Friday. Good point. I'm really excited for that matchup. But, yeah, I think it was a no-brainer, Garland, at, at number three. And it sounds like you're there, too. And, and, and then I would have Tyler Hero at number four. Yeah, I think that's that's about right. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough because... We see Tyler all the time, and again, all the things I was just talking about. There's certainly star potential, and yet, you know, you see other players. And this isn't a knock either. Like, you don't have to have your first pick in the draft. Like, you can, you know, Dwayne Wade was taken fifth, uh, and he wound up being pretty good. Uh, so I, I just yeah. think even looking back, uh, you know, Tyler being ranked fourth as opposed to where he was actually taken, I, I think speaks well of the kind of player he's become. Right. Uh, I, and I wonder whether or not – go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead. No, no, if no, you no, look I'm at the curious. ceiling, if you look at the ceiling of what these four guys we just talked about are, John Morant, MVP. Yeah. That's his ceiling, right? Zion Williamson, probably still that like franchise player type Candidacy, ceiling, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Darius Garland, maybe not MVP, but perennial go-to, all-star. Go-to player. Yeah, go-to, go-to player. Go-to player, perennial all-star, best guard on a championship winning team. Like that's his ceiling. I think Tyler Hero's ceiling is just right there. I, I really do. Can and he be so, your number one option on a playoff or, t- or finals contending um, team? I don't know in today's that's, NBA that's if a guy. Right. That's why I say even with Darius Garland, like best guard on a championship winning team, because I just don't know that somebody like with those sort of games can be the best player on a championship winning team. Like in a, in a league that is continuing to lean towards wings and even lately, you know, right. Uh, unicorn centers. So maybe Bam Adebayo could be that guy for Miami. If Bam's their best player and Tyler Hero's their second best player, maybe that's in the nucleus of a championship team, you know, four or five years down the road once Jimmy and Kyle are gone. But um, yeah, I, I, like that's being like, again, being fourth doesn't mean that you're somehow worse. And again, this is a guy who took, who's taken 13 in the actual draft. And so to kind of rise to the fourth best player in that draft is pretty meaningful. Um, yeah. Especially when you consider that like John ja Morant and Zion Williamson are sort of, shoe in like blue chippers right so you really only have two other spots after that because you don't really have in most drafts a prospect even as good as john morant or zion williamson right so uh and and let's not forget darius garland like rj barrett ended up going number three in this draft i think by the end of it it was pretty clear that those were your top three and garland ended up going five behind deandre hunter who went four but garland was kind of in that mix right he was sort of in that debate for that top like hey can he get into the top three like we were talking about him in that kind of way. And so I don't, for Garland to stay at, uh, for to go up from five to three and then hero to leap from 13 to four. That's, that's a pretty substantial leap. Who do you have at five? Can I actually give you uh, my fifth? Yeah, go. Let's, let's go quickly. Five through 10 here. Yeah. I've got Cameron Johnson. Number five. Really? 
Yeah. That high. See, I'm surprised at that. Okay. So here's the thing about Tyler Hero, Dario Skrull, and Cameron Johnson, why I put the, all three of those guys over R.J. Barrett. And I really, I actually do like R.J. Barrett. I like his game. I'm more, right. I, I lean more towards pro Barrett than, than he's a bust. Um, I just know what they are. I know what Garland, Hero, and Cameron Johnson are. I know it, like Cameron Johnson's been averaging like 20 points a game since the All-Star break. And he might not play against Miami Wednesday, uh, tonight, but um, uh, because of an injury. But yeah, he's been awesome. We know what he could do for you defensively. He's shown a little bit of uh, like attack and go type stuff off the dribble, um, yeah. attack and closeouts. Like I just really like what he is as a two-way player. I just know what he is. Whereas R.J. Barrett, I still feel like he's sort of figuring it out in year three. Right, like he needs a lot of shots. The three pointer is very hit or miss. Right, it was it was hitting against Miami a couple weeks ago, but there are other nights where he's like two for eleven from three point range. Is he, he six for you then? Is, is is RJ six? Yeah, I've got him at six. Okay, seventh, DeAndre Hunter. Okay, uh, I got Matisse Tybel at number eight. Again, yep. I just know what he is. Yeah, uh, and that's an elite wing defender, and you need those. I've got Jordan Poole at nine. I could have put him oh, in wow. eight. Could have put him in nine. Wow. Yeah, okay. he's good, man. That guy's a baller. I, I, I think, overlooked him. I overlooked him completely. Yeah, you could put it. I think if you're a team and you're sort of there at eight or nine in this draft and you're like, hey, do we need defense? Take Tybal. If you need offense, take Jordan Poole. And then that would be fine. And then at, like, to round, like to round out, like I know we set a top 10. I couldn't figure out who I would take 10 between Kildon Johnson, Grant Williams, Brandon Clark, Kobe White, like all those names. Kind of just it would be like whatever that hypothetical team needed. You could go yeah. with any of those guys. All right. Yeah. You so know, I went five. I've five RJ Barrett. Uh, for the reasons you explained, a guy who could score, you know, potential as a wing defender, things of that sort. Keldon Johnson, six. Oh. I think the yeah, I, I think there's potential there. Uh, Cam Johnson, seventh. Matisse Tybel, eight. Hunter at nine. And PJ Washington rounding out the top yeah, ten. Yeah, PJ Washington's good. I forgot about him. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, you know, Jordan Poole has certainly made an argument for himself. And I know that you followed the, uh, the Warriors closely because uh, you were reporting on them over the last couple of seasons. So you saw up close what it was that he was capable of. But I guess I just, this is the nuance here. And, oh, and, and you know what? Over everything else, you remember the NBA draft is trash anyway. It's, uh, it's yeah, a, you hate the draft. Stupid, yeah. It's your least favorite exercise. segment ever. Yeah. <laughs> a redraft of something that I couldn't care less about. <laughs> yeah, redoing something you didn't like in the first place. <laughs> you know, I remember having fun though. Uh, was this, was it, yeah. I think this was when we were doing the the blue book analysis of all of our right. players. That was yeah. fun. I'll, I'll be honest. With this you. draft, and, uh, it was a lot of fun too. I remember the Tyler Hero one. I mean, you know, we we should replay the audio of, of of Tyler Hero there. You had concerns. You had concerns about I did. Tyler. Coming I did. Out of I didn't track. think you could get to which the is basket. why the draft is trash in the first place. Is because well, we have no idea how these things will translate. Well, if everybody else didn't have the same concerns I did, maybe Tyler Hero would have been taken four, and he wouldn't be on the Miami Heat today. But. That's a good um, point. I look, one last point on the 2019 draft. Kind of interesting here. The Heat yeah. ended up really liking this draft, and I can and and we know this because obviously they took Tyler Hero at 13, but we also know that they really liked a few other players in this draft too. We know that they liked PJ Washington. They they were potentially targeting him targeting him at the trade deadline. Uh, we remember like they liked Grant Williams a lot too, right? They worked him out a little bit going into this thing. Um, there was a, a couple players they liked, but then they, they traded all those second rounders to get Casey Akpala, who's obviously not with the team anymore. But then, you know who also was in that draft? Kyle cool. Guy was in that draft, now on the Miami Heat. Caleb Martin went undrafted that year. He was eligible. His twin, Cody Martin, went 36 in this draft. Caleb Martin went undrafted, um, but was obviously eligible for this draft. They liked this draft class. They actually have a ton of guys on their roster from this draft class. Just found that interesting. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's some, I think it's a byproduct of just, well, we actually had to study it because we actually had a pick. So let's, miss, yeah. you know, let's find out more about these players that Good are point. available and kind of keep tabs on them. But uh, we'll move on and we'll talk a little bit about potential playoff seating before a quick preview of tonight's matchup against the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the Western Conference. But before that, a reminder that Built Bar is still the best option for you if you're looking for a healthy and tasty snack. Soft, easy to chew, 100% covered in chocolate. If you're trying to change your diet, if you're trying to do something a little differently to jumpstart the way you eat, then let me tell you, Built Bar is easy to incorporate because if you're looking for a good snack without sacrificing any of the taste that you might want, then Built Bar is the solution for you because, again, you, you, you get so many del- different flavors. You've got their puffs, their first ever protein-infused marshmallow. It might sound weird, but it's absolutely delicious, and you can get them in so many different flavors. Again, you can try their salted caramel ones. You, uh, mint chocolate might not be my personal favorite, but I know people who love them. Uh, you know, And you can get a mix box with all of your favorites. That makes it so much easier for you. If you can't choose, if you're like me that has a hard time choosing things sometimes, then the, getting a mix box is absolutely the answer for you. And again, 100% real covered, covered in real chocolate. Who, who doesn't like that? They're low-calorie, high-protein, all the nutrients you might be looking for without sacrificing any the taste so go to built.com right now use the promo code locked 15 and you get 15 percent off your order use the promo code locked 15 to get your first order of built bars but only if you go to built.com just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via twitter using the hashtag ask heat be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review it looks like we reached our weekly goal of 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. How soon before we can reach 3,000? That'll be, yes, we are on fire. That'll be the big question dominating the rest of the month. I'm hoping that we can reach that goal before the end of the month, and we can only do it with your support. Thanks so much for everybody who has sent in questions and constantly yeah. uh, you know, submits comments and things of that sort. We love hearing from you. But this is along those lines. We're going to start off this segment with a question that we received via email at lockdownheat at gmail.com. This one comes in from Narayanan. He writes in, what do you guys think about the following bracket as one that is the Heat's path of Mm -hmm. least resistance? So he's got us as the number one seed, Miami, taking on the number eight Toronto Raptors. Yeah. So right there, that's a pretty potentially difficult matchup. The Sixers versus Nets in the two for seven bracket. Mm -hmm. Bucks versus Celtics in three versus six. And then Bulls, Cavs in four, five. Well, I, I think looking at that first matchup, you'd rather have Toronto than you would Brooklyn. There's no doubt about that. And a quick note on that. If that ends up being the first wild card or play-in game or whatever we're calling it, um, as of now, Kyrie Irving could not play in that game if Toronto ends up having the better record and home court advantage for that play-in. So if you're a Heat fan, right. I think you would absolutely... I know that the Raptors have given the Heat problems. There's no... I, like it's not like uh, uh, the 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 Kings are an option to, uh, for this. Right. It's like it's between two playoff eligible teams, um, but you would rather play the Raptors than the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant. There's no doubt about I think that's that. Fair. So um, yeah, that would be the optimal first round opponent, I think, for Miami. Is if so, if I guess the the play. argument then is that the Nets would take out the Sixers or beat them up to some degree, so there would be a, a less challenge. Yeah, if you if you think that the Nets are a better matchup for Miami than the Sixers are, which I think I would I would go there at this point. I, I think the Sixers are probably the the team I don't want to see the most in the Eastern Conference at this point. Um yeah. with the Bucks probably behind them. Yeah, at this point with what the net like the Nets can't stop anybody and they have not been very good lately. I know that the Heat beat them and we were like, oh yeah, we beat Kevin Durant when he came back. But even with Kevin Durant back, they haven't been very good. 
Um, yeah. And obviously, maybe some of that changes if Kyrie is able to play all of their games. But yeah, uh, yeah I think you would rather play Brooklyn. And let's not forget Ben Simmons, still a pretty good playmaker slash defender. Like, I mean, all NBA level, uh, you know, take him out of Philadelphia. I think he's still going to be able to thrive once he want, does eventually come back. But maybe not in the playoffs. Like, he's not been good in the playoffs. Like, I know we all talk about the meltdown last year, but yeah. he's, like, never been a factor offensively, like, ever for Philadelphia. His best yep. moment in the playoffs came against the Miami Heat, if we remember yep. a few years ago in that in that first-round matchup. But Shout out Justice Winslow. Uh, <laughs> right. The Bucks celtics one here. That's a, that's a lot of fun to consider because Bucks at three, Celtics at six. The Celtics, yeah. a lot of teams over – a lot of people overlooking the Celtics, but they've been playing yeah. really, really good basketball. Uh, I was high in the Celtics before the season started, mm-hmm. and uh, they've proven to weather the storm regarding any kind of issues in the locker room and things of that sort. And, uh, they, you know, they've got some really uh, well good coached. I'm at, I'm at the point now where I think the Celtics could win. They could come out of the East. I, I, I really do think if the, if the bracket yeah, breaks right for them, they could. They, they, they're right up there right now with all yeah. these other teams. And Bulls Cavs is basically watching them punch each other, see who, you know, that could go, that could be a seven yeah. game series there. Uh, and then that would be Miami's next matchup if they're able to dispatch the Raptors. So I think Not either one of those, those teams. teams. Yeah, exactly. Especially if Jared Allen misses a considerable yeah. amount of time. But let's look Chicago, ahead. Chicago one and 13 against the top teams in the league. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's look ahead to tonight's game against the Phoenix Suns. No Chris Paul. Potentially no Devin Booker. Uh, a couple other players still, in the Phoenix side. Yeah, Devin Booker, just quick update on that. I checked while you were doing the ad read there, but he's still in protocols um, as yeah. of now. It's still possible that he could come yeah. out and make it in time, but still listed as out on the uh, injury report. And so and is Cameron Johnson, to, by the way. And playing Tuesday night in Orlando. So they'll yes. be, they came in late yesterday. They traveled to, obviously they're in Orlando. They're playing a game there. They had shoot around this morning and then they'll be traveling late from Orlando to Miami. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, they're not shooting around tomorrow, so they're going to be resting before mm-hmm. the game. Uh, Miami will be shooting around, so they'll be preparing for that night's opponent. It should be a very, very good game without, you know, let's assume even Booker plays. I think Miami's defense is capable of slowing him down and challenging him to a degree, and I think Miami has just enough. I wonder who is the X factor for Phoenix that could potentially step up. Is it Cam Johnson, who we were speaking about in the last segment? you think he's a guy who could well, wind up having that big dynamic game? He's still listed as out, so we'll see if he's cleared oh, by the time the game starts. Right. But uh, it yeah. could be Mikhail Bridges, who I think is uh, right. a, a star in the making, all, like an all-star in the making. No, but I think the X factor is DeAndre Ayton. And by the way, I think he's the X factor of this NBA season, not Ooh. just for this game. I, I think he's probably the most important player in the league at this point uh, because wow. of what he, well, he is. He's the answer against any sort of Golden State Warriors matchup because um, right. the Phoenix does have a weakness. It's that they don't really have a lineup where they can toggle to small and, and kind of go up against like that Draymond small ball type lineup, unless DeAndre Ayton can, can play the way he did in last year's playoffs. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden that he, he just sort of evaporates that, that strength that the Warriors would have because now he's got size. If he could start, if he could step out, make some threes, all these things like specifically to this heat game, if he could challenge Bam out of bio in a way that not many centers have lately and make things difficult on Bam, uh, who is sort of the hub of the offense still a little bit and things like that. Yeah, all of a sudden this becomes a much more interesting matchup. And then also the other thing I'm looking at too, David, is uh, Phoenix, even without Chris Paul in there, they have an identity. They have a culture about that team under Monty Williams where they like to swing the ball. There's a lot of off-ball movement. It's a really tough offense to guard. It's unpredictable. Uh, They have a lot of guys that can put the ball on the floor and make things happen. And so it's just interesting. to It'll be interesting to watch the Heat's defense, which has been so connected and so uh, uh, tight lately, guard that kind of offense i'm not saying that they can't i'm just saying i'm looking forward to watching it 
Yeah, no, and it's going to be on ESPN, a big uh, national matchup there, too. So Miami finally able to get some recognition. I expect Miami to find a way to win just because when you're missing the key players that Phoenix is, it's harder uh, to pull string, you know, pull wins together. Having said that, they're going to be a challenge anyway. You know that, to your point, I think they're going to be a well-coached team. They do have that culture. Jay Crowder, certainly a contributor there as well. We'll see how he, he performs against his former team in Miami. And Miami finally healthy, too. I wonder how Victor Oladipo responds in game mm-hmm. two. Still with a crowd behind him, whether or not he'll get Oladipo chance. All that should be uh, interesting to watch and see it play out. It's going to be a fun game. A lot of hype, a lot of you know, big-time atmosphere. And we'll be there, as always, to bring you the coverage that you deserve. So make sure to continue making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Now make sure you make your second listen, Locked on NBA. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every day, Monday through Friday. In less than 30 minutes, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.